0: Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost, all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel donko pastor of Rima Chapel Bilbo, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Would you please just open to the book of Matthew? Matthew 28, the verse number 18. Actually, it will be the last three verses. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go then. Other versions say, go therefore. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. You know what? This word nations actually means people groups. So it doesn't always mean nations like we know uh, in our present definition. Because sometimes you have one nation. And you have many, many people groups there. Meaning that you have different uh, languages and dialects there. And so God is specifically pointing the languages and the dialects. Don't forget, all languages and all dialects, they are the special handwriting of God. So God knows all of them. Um go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit verse 20 teaching them to observe everything i have commanded you you know observe means many things observe means watch critically meaning pay attention Take note of the details, don't miss a detail. When somebody is actually observing, they observe so much that they don't miss the details. Am I right? They observe what is said, but they observe also what is not said. Another aspect of observation is taking action. And letting the action be in consonance to what is observed. So that if you you ask somebody to observe to do something, it means that the people uh, didn't watch for watching's sake. They didn't watch just to tell. They watch so that they can do. So that's what it means. To observe everything I have commanded you, and remember, or behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Remember, I am with you. What? Remember, I am with you, what? Would you turn to somebody and tell him or her, God is always with you? Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you think it or not, God is always with you. You are never alone, even when you think, You are alone. You are never alone. Even when you feel lonely. You are never alone. Even when you see nobody around. Hallelujah. Now today I am trusting God to teach. Meaning that I will not. I can't promise though. (laughs) Meaning that I won't preach. I will try to teach. You know, when, when, when you are preaching, you just go according to how the revelation is coming. So if it's coming fast, you just roll fast. And sometimes some people can, you know, be lost in translation. But when you are teaching, you take time to point things out to people. This year, our vision for the year is making what? Oh, how many of you Remember? So if I'm hearing only three people the rest it means you are forgotten. This year our vision is Hallelujah. Hallelujah And so my preaching today is preachers of Christ Jesus Tell somebody you are a preacher Turn to another person tell him or her you are a preacher Because of organized religion People have relegated preaching to pastors and perhaps to prophets, to apostles, to evangelists, and to teachers. But preaching is not the copyright of these five different ministry offices. And so I want you to notice first and foremost that this statement was made because i'm trying to establish when was it made this statement was made after jesus resurrected from the dead meaning that the person making this statement has tasted of death knows what it is like to be lost knows what it feels like To be cursed by God. Know what it means for God to turn his back on you. For you to feel completely cut off from any goodness that can come from God. Now all of you. Unless you are not convinced. You know that there is no goodness that comes to men Except it is coming from God. Any goodness, any believer or unbeliever is enjoying today in this world, it is coming uh, courtesy the privilege of God. Because you see, every good thing and every perfect thing comes from above. If you say every, you mean that there is nothing else. Uh-huh. So, any good thing anybody enjoys, they are enjoying from God. Whether they know God or not, they are enjoying from God. Whether they are insulting God, cursing God or not, still they are enjoying from God. God is the kind of person who will choose to bless you whilst you are still cursing him. So, this particular uh, statement was made after Jesus paid the full price if our redemption was supposed to be one million trillion euros there was not one cent left of that that was not paid i mean to say that it was paid in full so that there was nothing lacking and so when jesus rose from the dead he rose as a man who has the right to command every human being on the planet. He said what? All authority is given to me. Well, the only issue about it is that though he has all authority, he's not exercising all the authority right now. Part of the authority he's supposed to be exercising is reserved for when he comes again. But another part of that authority is reserved for those he's talking to. Because if you notice uh, uh, in the verse 19, he said, therefore go. You know, therefore actually means, what I said before, is the foundation upon which you have to take action. Are you okay with me? So, the statement, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go, that Statement actually means, when I delegate you, nobody can stop you. When I delegate you, nobody can declare you illegal. Because I have delegated you. This is one of the reasons why I believe. I'm scanning here and I'm seeing that the people that I'm seeing here, everybody is kind of person of my color or something like that. Listen, if you come to this country, and you make it your aim and your goal to be a preacher of the gospel with your life, with your actions, with your everything, nobody can declare you illegal here. Meaning that there is no natural court in this part of the land that can carry you out. And I'm saying this because it is something that I know as a practical uh, experience. We have in our church in Mohan, for example, somebody who came to this country, came on her own, did her own business, was repatriated, meaning that her fingerprint got into the system. You know, when the fingerprint gets into the system here, there's no way you can take it out, it's there. All that is needed is another time and another occasion where somebody wants to take your fingerprint and lo and behold, the old one will just respond. So, he left, and I think five or six years later, he was around, roaming, roaming in the system. But this time, she was not roaming on her own private business because now she has become a believer. She was serving in the house of God. She was one of those people because those days we were meeting in a place just like a place like this. But this place, every time after meeting, you have to mop the place. You must, you must, you must mop the whole place. Yeah. Mop the place, mop the tables, everything. We have to make everything zaba. It is as if we have the coronavirus. So we must make sure we clear everything before we go. We do that whether it is a weekday meeting or a Sunday meeting. Trust me. We have to do it before we go. And do it well because you know, how many of you have done cleaning in this county before? Some people have eyes so they don't know how to clean. But when they come, they have eyes. There are places they will look. <laughs> and once they look at those places, if the thing was not done soft fetish, they will say, this woman dedicated herself as one of those people who used to do those things. And you know, she used to do it gladly. She never complains. Nobody forces her because we don't force. In those days, Pastor Edmond himself would also take them off. Me too, I would take them off. Sometimes, uh, if people are not in a hurry, then you see that some people will you know, try to take the thing or something away from you, etc., etc. But this lady used to do this thing regularly. Well, one day, she happened to be moving around somewhere in uh, Oberhausen, somewhere around the barn of there. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. But uh, she was controlled. And uh, what happened next, you were Mrs. A before. Well, cutting a long story short, she landed in a place in noise, and uh, with all the appeals and everything, it seems as if everything has failed, and they were going to send her out of the country. But this is a woman that has done such excellent work for us. At least, nobody has to bribe us to know what this woman is worth and what she has done. So we just took it to prayer. And we said, God, you know what? Two things here. This woman, we need her here. Because this assignment you have given us, is a continuing assignment. And you have not provided somebody that is better for her. So why are you taking her out? Secondly, because we don't know everything and you know everything, if you take her out and we meet her six months after you have taken her. And we can, be, we can thank you so much. And we can bless you. Because you have prepared something so great. That it is completely without sense to keep her here. We'll be so happy. You can let her go. But if not. If she's going to go by air. The laws of gravity will deny any plane. To be able to take off with her on board. There is no way she is going out. If indeed your court is the supreme court of the universe, then let it be known that you can overrule in the courts of men. Eventually, they they finished everything. They decided the day they were going to carry her away, etc., etc. Okay, we just talked to God and we said, she cannot be in the air. Thermodynamics will not, uh, aerodynamics will support it. We didn't say that she cannot be moving on the ground. So, These people, they put her in their vehicle. They sent her to Frankfurt Flughafen. They tried to put her on the flight. She boarded. She was climbing. Almost when she was going to get in, she didn't pretend it. She just collapsed. So, plane turned to ambulance. And the rest is history. Because as I speak right now, I think maybe almost 10 years have passed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so me, I have learned something. Because I have learned it not just with one people. I have learned it with many people. I learned that people who are working with God and who take this thing that we are talking about serious. They show up on God's radar. They are not just ordinary people the way you would look at them and think they are ordinary No, there is some unseen agents who are actually accompanying them the way ministers and prime ministers are accompanied when they go places. They are never alone. When you joke with those kinds of people, you begin to realize that, hey, some people may not be big, but they are heavy. Some people may not be tall, but you can't raise them or you can't carry them without divine permission. Uh Uh-huh. And so and so that one just came in as a matter of course just to let you know that what we are talking about is something very very huge. I've seen many people. Some of them have been carried away, yes. But those people that were carried away from the country, when I look at them, I see a people who didn't understand the divine assignment. Because sometimes you are led to tell some people Don't do this, do it this way. They say, no, but me, I will do it this way. Well, do you know that God can talk to you directly? So why doesn't God choose to talk to you directly? Why? Does anybody remember that when Israel came out of Egypt, the people said, we are all the people of God and the Lord talks to us. We all hear his voice. So Moses, you can't tell us what to do. Has anybody ever heard that? Yeah. You see, sometimes God tries to protect you because he knows your heart. Because some of us, we are so, so, so low on what keeps pride down. That once more move from God, the devil will harvest for lunch. We'll miss heaven. So sometimes God will set people over you. And when you listen to those people, it is credited to you as if you have listened to God himself. And God will do certain things. Those are some of the experiences I have learned in the 20 years in which I have lived in this country. And please, let me make it clear. I'm not seeking to put anybody down. I cannot judge anybody. I've never been... A, a refugee and I've never, never taken asylum before. So I cannot judge what I don't know. Do you understand me? So this is not to place judgment on anybody. It's just to tell you that I've seen that when some people say a person is illegal, you have to ask God whether God calls that person illegal. Because you can't call something illegal when God is not calling it illegal. It doesn't work. God is always there. And the people who are calling illegal today will die tomorrow. And God is still there. So who has the right to decide who is illegal and who who isn't? Are you getting my point? Good. So I am talking about when the statement was made. The statement was made when Jesus rose from the dead. means that he has seen what no human being has seen. Nobody went to die and then came back again. Only Jesus. So he can make statements nobody has made. Number two, he was making this statement after the people who saw him rise from the dead have seen him many, many days. We are told that he appointed them a particular mountain in, uh, what do you call it, in Galilee, right? Bible students, I'm talking to you. He, was, he appointed them a particular mountain in Galilee. Before then, nobody could control when he would show up. He just shows up without appointment. He shows up when he wants. But this time he made an appointment. So if he had made an appointment and you haven't seen him before, what would you do? You keep that appointment. Now, I think 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the verse number 6 or so, the Bible says that, over 500 people had seen him alive at one time when he rose from the dead. How many of you have read that scripture? So, that particular occasion, when over 500 people saw him alive, most uh, Bible scholars believe that it is on this particular occasion. Because this is the only time when when actually uh, he was pulling no surprises. Because he has appointed them. It was a, a how would you call it? It was a temin. Eh? It was a termin. And so when you showed up when you showed, you saw him. So on this particular occasion, one can say that all the disciples saw him. Minus Judas, of course. Because you know, Judas died before Jesus. He was the first to go to hell. But he went there not to come out. Jesus too went to hell. But unfortunately, Jesus' sacrifice could not cover Judas because he sold him. So, so so it didn't include Judas. But apart from Judas, it included the eleven. Plus, many, many, many who were not called apostles. Now, when we call somebody an apostle, what do we mean? An apostle, according to uh the uh, greek use of the word is somebody who has been sent out that's all so an apostle is a messenger in the uh, biblical sense is that not so Uh, so these people that we call apostles today that people can raise their shoulders you know and, 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 and assign titles. Me, I'm not fighting anybody. Don't let it be that because I haven't put a title on myself so uh, I, I'm attacking people who have got titles. No. When somebody is an apostle because the Lord has called him and, and sent him and he's calling himself an apostle, I have nothing against him. But I will not put an apostle upon myself when I'm not so sure that God has called me to an apostle because men will be hailing me as apostle and the day we get to heaven then I have to be the guardian man. So I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to do that. And please I am not saying that when somebody is an apostle you should look down upon them or be suspicious. It's not your business to judge other people who are serving the master. It's not your business. Are you okay with me? good. I'm just just trying to tell you what I feel. The reason I don't do certain things. Number two, to whom it is spoken? It is spoken to all the people who were there. Meaning that it is spoken to people who were believers as well as speculators. Can I come again? This statement was spoken to people who actually believed in Jesus and they believed in his mission? Remember when Jesus came, he selected not just uh, 12. There was a time he selected 70 and he sent them out, right? Yeah. So I am sure that the 72 they were there. Then I am sure that there were other people who you would call the uh, what do you call it? The bread and the loaves people. They used to eat of the bread and the loaves and be filled, and they are okay. And then the people to who, they they are, they like sensations. They like to see miracles. You know, it excites them. You see, no miracle should excite you if it does not persuade you to also believe for one. When you are in a situation, you need one. If you ever see a miracle or you ever appreciate any miracle, and then when you are in a situation, you are not persuaded to believe for one, I tell you, what you were seeing was merely entertainment. And God didn't call us. God doesn't do things for entertainment. If you're a magician, you know that whatever a magician does is for entertainment purposes. He doesn't do it so that the people will seek to duplicate it. But when God does something, it is supposed to inspire faith in you so that you can believe and also have it repeated in your life. So he spoke to all these people. No wonder the Bible says sometimes that uh, they believed but some doubted. Hmm? The thing the thing has removed, yeah? Ah now nah, good. So it's good that I'm using two microphones. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. It seems the hand microphone is working better, né? Thank you. <laughs> okay good. So, number one, we know when he spoke. Number two, we know whom he spoke to. But number three, we want to find out why did he speak it out? Why did he speak it out? You see, because you and I who need to do what he has called us to do, we need to understand why we have to do it throughout scripture, you never find anybody who is willing to die for Jesus until they know why they have to die. And if you cannot settle the why, you will not be a good Christian because you will be a fair weather Christian. When the going gets tough, when it is time for people to compromise so that they can save your as king and be able to live for a few more years, you will do so and deny him. You know what? Those who deny me, he said, I will also deny. Those who dishonor me, I will dishonor them. But those who confess me, I will also confess them. And so it is clear that you and I, we need to understand the why. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, let's understand one thing. He was God. How many of you agree with me? Jesus was perfectly God. But once he decided to come to this world as a man, he put a limitation on himself. Has anybody seen the body of God before? But don't you know that God has a body? If he can put Moses in the cleft of a rock and cover him, with his hand, then he will have a body. If you can tell Moses, my face shall not be seen, because if you see my face, in this your state you won't survive, then obviously God has a body. But you see, God didn't come to us in his body, the kind of body he has. He prepared a human body for Jesus. And you know, the moment God entered into his creation, he assumed the limitations of his creation. There is none of the creation of God who is omnipotent. Who is omnipresent. The only person who is actually omnipresent is God himself. And I think that it is a good thing. Because if God has given omnipotence to Lucifer, we will be in trouble. Eh? Look at it. It seems as if the devil is everywhere. Am I right about that? But the devil cannot be physically everywhere because you see, the day that the devil actually entered into Judas, that day, the devil was nowhere else in the world but in Judas. The day actually he entered into Judas, that day, he has restricted himself from every part of the planet except in Judas. Judas. He's not God. So when Jesus came, he though he was God. He couldn't be everywhere. And we as Christians, we need to understand that when the devil behaves as if he's everywhere, he's using some mechanism. And I want to show you the mechanism he uses. He's a negative one. But you and I should know. That that mechanism is a spiritual one. Because devil is never an original. He tries to imitate something. Every human being that is born on the planet. The devil gives them some spiritual entity. We call a familiar spirit. And sometimes a person acquires a familiar spirit. While he is still in his mama's womb. So, this particular entity knows everything about the interaction between mama and fetus. Everything mama said to the fetus. You know, when I say fetus, you understand what I mean? A baby that has not been born yet, so you call it the fetus. So, everything about the fetus, this spirit knows. If it is necessary for the, for the spirit to take advantage for the reason why Satan sent him. Because familiar spirits don't get into anybody's life for no good reason. They get there for a specific reason. The fight is God wants you, every single soul, here in heaven. And because God wants every human being in heaven, devil also knows that the only way you can help God where where. It's to frustrate him. And deny him the thing that gives him joy. Listen. It gives God joy for you to know him. It gives God joy for you to acknowledge him. It gives God joy when things are good with you. Actually, it gives God joy when you are happy. Do you know that somewhere I would not have... uh, made wine for people to drink? Because if the person don't drink, how can he become a drunkard? Hello? But do you know that Jesus made wine for people to drink? Eh? So you see that God is not religious. God is more interested in your happiness than you yourself know anything about. But the point I am making is all these spirits are on assignment because the devil wants an advantage. I had the story of a, of a demonic spirit that uh, took advantage of a person. Because, you know these days that we have the ultrasound, you actually know the sex of a baby before they are born. Though you cannot know the sex of a baby before you become pregnant. The only way you can know the sex of a baby before you get pregnant is if you have settled that issue with God. So that the pregnancy itself is a divine orchestration. Then you will know that you know that you know that what you are carrying is no other than the one you ask God. Because you can't ask God for food and he'll give you a snake or a stone or whatever. But you see, most people, I want a boy, I want a girl. And after you are finished doing what you you need to do, then you are saying, God, give me a boy. It doesn't work that way. The sex of a child is determined at the points of conception. So, if you want a boy, I've always told people, God can, can, can give you a boy after a girl, or God can give you a girl, a girl, a girl, third, and then boy, boy, boy. If you know how to do your praying well, That will be a sign to establish your faith. And you need to talk to God ahead of time. Then God will orchestrate it. But anyhow, this woman, when she realized that it is a boy, she was disappointed because she wanted a girl. And then he began to speak. No, you are not a girl. Sorry. No, you are not a boy. You are a girl. I want you to be a girl. You know, talk, 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 talk. And what would the familiar spirit do? The familiar spirit heard it. So by the time that the, this child was out, the familiar spirit was doing his job. Just repeating what uh, the mama said. Uh-huh. So the boy was growing up and everything that interests him is women and the women. So now he was growing up to be a woman. Though, her. Uh-huh. Now, let me just stop there because I don't want to go into that story far. But I want to tell you that this is one of the assignments. This is why our world can be so messed up. Because familiar spirits are there to operate. Apart from familiar spirits, the devil has got other spirits he can send. When he releases a spirit of strife into your marriage, hello? When he releases a spirit of strife into your marriage, you are going to think that there's something wrong with your husband. And your husband too is going to think that there's something wrong with you. But actually, it is a spirit of strife. And that spirit, any spirit the devil releases has only one assignment. Devil cannot release a spirit of strife, and then when the spirit comes, it becomes a spirit of anger. No. They are supposed to do what they are told. And any spirit that doesn't do what they are told is punished. I want, to, I want you to understand how the spirit world well operates. So that you see, if a spirit of strife has to come in with a spirit of infidelity, for example, he must recruit him to help him to fulfill his assignment. If he have to come in with a spirit of anger, he have to recruit another spirit of anger to also come alongside. To help him to create a strife that will separate them. Are you listening to me? And so this is how the devil builds his kingdom. So that he he is everywhere only because he's controlling all those armies and determining what they can do, what they cannot do, and they report back to him. Well, when Jesus Christ came here, he was limited in the sense that he couldn't be everywhere. So, what strategy did he also have? The first thing he did was he chose men. The Bible said, he went for an all night prayer meeting. And then he came back from the all night and he chose 12 people. And the Bible said he chose them so that they will be with him so that he will send them out to preach. Well, the 17 that he also chose, he did not call them apostles, but then he still sent them out to preach. Is that not so? Sorry, he didn't call them disciples. But he still sent them out to preach. Well, maybe he called them disciples i don't know they, they, he didn't call them apostles it is that twelve that he put the title of apostle upon them meaning that these are set apart for special sending so you see jesus did this because he knows that if people are to be saved they must be saved one on one Just like the devil knows that if people will go to hell, they will go to hell one-on-one. So when he appoints a familiar spirit, it is one-on-one. Are you listening to me? Now, the devil will send a familiar spirit, but what kind of spirit does Jesus send? He's called the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the difference between the familiar spirit and the Holy Spirit? The familiar spirit, that particular individual spirit is a created being. So he can only be at one place at one time, not everywhere. But who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. So that the Holy Spirit can be in you, in you, in you, in you and in everybody all over the world at the same time. So that when there is a fight and a battle of spirits, who should have the upper hand? Yes, thank you. When there should be a battle of spirits, the believers should have the upper hand because although for those that are unbelievers, there is a spirit operating in their life, for us, the spirit operating in our life is a superior one. He can be everywhere at the same time. He knows all things. Don't you know that the devil doesn't know everything? The devil it's not a mind reader. He pumps ideas into your mind. But he's not a mind reader. But God knows what you are thinking before you think it. So we have an advantage over the forces of darkness by virtue of the spirit that is in us. And therefore, God wants the world to be saved. Listen, it is easy to save the world when you understand how we are equipped to do so. Are you understanding me? So, why did they say then to these people that they should go out and make disciples? It's because when there was no sin, at the time that there was never any sin on earth, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Sin never started on this planet. Sin started in heaven. In heaven itself. And by the time God made man, sin had already taken place in heaven. So when man came, what did God tell the man? He said to the man, be fruitful and multiply and do what? Subdue. You never subdue anything unless there's an opposition. So the environment God put us, you already know that there's opposition. But God has a plan. And like I told you, the plan is a superior plan. The devil is limited, he's created. God is not limited. So God decided, I will be in every person if they will allow me. And when I am in them, let me see how the devil can be able to cause the trouble. Now, why are you supposed to preach? You are supposed to preach because nobody will give Jesus a chance until they have heard the message. Nobody will give Jesus a chance until they have heard the message. You know why? Because it takes faith to believe God. And faith will only come because people are hearing. So my dear friends, if we don't preach, our world will go to hell. If every believer throughout the whole world decide to keep their mouth shut today, the Holy Ghost will do nothing. But the people will go to hell. That is why God has the right to say when He has given us assignment as a watchman, He will hold us accountable. Do you do you are you getting my whole point? Listen, if those people didn't preach, you and I won't be here today we would be serving idols. And we would have graduated because if our fathers were at level 1, we would be at level 15 by now. If they had 5 demons in them operating, we would have had 15 demons by now. And we would be wild, very wild. That is how it is. So you see, God has used some people to bring you to this peace that you know. So that you can walk in very, very uh, isolated places in the night and not be afraid. Listen, if you walk anywhere, you are afraid. You are afraid because you have let your eyes slip from the word of God. He said, I will be with you forever. So if somebody says, I will be with you always. Even when you are in Iraq, in the midst of war. And you are conscious and aware of that. Nothing can happen to you. Do you know that Saul didn't kill himself? Sorry, do you know that Saul was never killed by the enemy? Hello? The anointing left Saul. But still, this is a man that anointing has come upon him before. His enemies could never kill him. The best they could do is wound him. Let me announce to you, the devil cannot kill him. The devil can only try to deceive you so that you agree to die before your time. The only person who could really have killed Saul was David. Because the anointing that left Saul is upon him. Meaning that he has the upper hand over Saul. But because David decided not to kill Saul, it means that there was nobody on the earth who could do so. Not even God wanted to kill him. Because you know what? When God laughs, he doesn't kill them. Do you know that Saul didn't go to hell, although uh, Judas went to hell? Hello? Remember when. Saul went to the witch at Endor. You know, it is familiar spirits those people consult. So that it is familiar spirits she was expecting to come up and talk to her. But the man who came up was no familiar spirit because God broke the natural laws there. This was an anointed man going the wrong direction and God has to warn him before he starts. So God Open up paradise, because then paradise was here in the earth. Open up paradise and brought somewhere. And what did somewhere say? Well, since you have made yourself an enemy of God and you are fighting God, and so God will not answer you. Well, I want to tell you one thing: today you and your sons will be with me. what somewhere hell. So, to be with me will be to be where I am. Is that not so? So, we know that Saul went to be with Samuel but he went before his time because of his disobedience. But, it is not the same with Judas. Judas is called the son of perdition for a reason. For him, he went to hell. Though he was with Jesus in hell, But he was not with uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, the patriarchs. Do you know that all the patriarchs, they were still there when Jesus went there? So Jesus went to two places. He went to the place of the lost to pay the price for us. And then, after paying the price, he went to the place of the redeemed. And preached redemption to them, and told them that, look, this is not your place. Your place is supposed to be with the Father. The Father has yearned to have you to be where He is. So, you know what? When I am leaving, I am moving out, you out of this place. You are coming with me. We read in Scripture when He came out that He came out with the people, and some of them were so, 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 uh, so, so tempted because they didn't die too long ago. And they are like, "Please give me permission so that I will go and walk around Jerusalem a little bit." And when they had the permission and they were walking around, because they didn't live too long ago, there were people still alive who recognized them. Didn't your Bible say that many people recognize them? "Huh?" "Oh, so my time is up. Oh nine. Yeah, also. <laughs> Good. Good. So, 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 we will continue with the why. We'll continue next week with the why. Are you okay with me? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference course On Thursdays, more details on our website. Also, make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube platforms.